Okay, so we have a new episode of Legends and Leaders, and today it's great to have Ryan here. You know, Ryan, you're somebody that, um, you're a disruptor. You know, you, you decided to create more expression in a category that didn't have that before, that was very much, you know, there was only a certain standard of things in that category, and you decided to really put a unique and innovative art spin there, um, and one that maybe was neglected by other people um, with what you did with PSD. Um, you've, you've got a bunch of different hobbies. You're creative in the art space. You've got your own gallery. Um, and you created a children's book. And so you're very much just a creative individual and trying to be at the forefront of design. So I'm excited to have you here and to get into your story. Yeah, um, it's just uh, a lot of things I'm passionate about. Uh, for me, I was given a talent with art um, at a young age. My parents recognized it and always kind of like threw things in front of me to use, you know. And I uh, I was an athlete. I grew up playing sports, but, you know, when nobody was looking, I was always drawing and sketching stuff, you know, and, and always involved and had like a, a passion for art. Um, and as I aged, it, it got bigger and bigger and, and something I really, you know, started to take serious. Um, and, you know, my brother, he was uh, with him we had something different about us. We always were into, uh, well, we had to go to work. Our parents, we didn't, we didn't come from money. It was like, Hey, you know, when you could get working papers in New York, we, we got working papers and we, we got little jobs, you know, we went to school, we played sports, but we, we also would work and, uh, make our own money. And it kind of turned into this little, like snowball effect of, of being little like hustlers, as you'd say, um, you know, starting small and, I, it's funny. I was thinking about it today on, uh, if I had to explain things, it's like at a young age, as a teenager, there was never, if I was spending my own money, it was always on something that was worth more money in a weird way. You know, we, we started with like dirt bikes as like, as, as our first like motor vehicle type things. And it, I remember, like, I think I bought one at like 14 or 13 for like $500 and, uh, it was worth I got it, you know, made a deal with somebody, got it, knowing it would be worth 800 when I was ready to move up and get something else. So it was always that, that like side of us that we would buy and sell things. Um, we never bought to keep. It was like, we bought it, we would, we would use it and then we would flip it, you know? And, uh, that was before it was even really something that nowadays you hear like, oh, flipping, you know, there's TV shows, there's all those things where they go to pawn shops, they do all that. <laughs> You know, we kind of did it long before it was even known. You know, there was no social media. The things that you heard of, um, it was through word of mouth, you know. And and my brother and I kind of just got into that throughout our lives. And for me, uh, PSD wasn't – I didn't know that PSD would, would be uh, what I what I created. But I always wanted a clothing brand at a young age. I was that uh, teenager that – wanted to be, I would send in for like the Wu-Tang Clan membership, you know, and like I was that kid that would send in the Gatorade points to get stuff. But uh, when, you know, there was a sweatshirt I wanted, uh, this is a little backstory on how clothing kind of became, you know, a hobby of mine and a, and a passion. Uh, there was a WooWare sweatshirt I wanted and I couldn't afford it. And so I went to Walmart, I bought felt, like the little pieces of felt and I cut out the letters and then I made the Wu-Tang symbol um, and I had at my time, at the time, my girlfriend's mom sew it together. And next thing you know, I'm wearing this Wu-Wear sweatshirt to school that I created. And um, I spun off of that. You know, I enjoyed that and I would always make clothing for myself. And I always dreamed of like, man, someday I want to have a clothing brand that's famous. You know, as a kid, you dream of like money and fame, you know. And I always said, wouldn't it be something if someday, you know, I could have my own brand and I'm walking down the street and like someone's wearing my stuff, um, not knowing that it would actually someday happen. That was the dream at the time. 
and uh, through the years, you know, younger years, my brother, he was always on it. Like my brother uh, has always been able to uh, save money and find ways to make money. You know, we always worked and we both worked for a grocery store, Wegmans at the time. I'll never forget it. We're both, I'm, I'm clocking in and he's clocking out and he looks at me and he says, this is my last day here. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I make more money mowing lawns. I don't need this. And I was like, oh man, like he's out. But for me, the girls were at Wegmans. I wasn't leaving. So he kind of, <laughs> he kind of ventured off and did his thing, but he was always that leader, you know, with, uh, with the buying and selling. And it just, you know, we both in society, they say, you got to know what you got. You got to know what you want to do by 18 or by the time you go to college, you're supposed to know the rest of your life. And, and it's sad that our world kind of sets that up for people because it's, it's so far from the truth. Uh, we both went to college. My brother went for business. I went for electrical engineering. No clue why. It was horrible. Oh. Uh, I, I was not good in school. Uh, in art, I excelled. You know, art was the way that I got that A plus on my report card to curb it. You know, like I did that C in history and then the art be like, yo, I could care less what George Washington's doing, but look at this painting, you know, type thing. Um, but yeah, we both went to, we both went to school and, uh, one day, you know, bouncing around and kind of lost in life after college. You know, I, I always worked though. We always were, were, like I said, the side hustles, buying and selling and, and just PSD was something I did it at the basement of my dad's house at the time. I just, I wrote it down. Uh, my grandpa said something that made it happen, and I, I wrote it down. I said, "This is this is what I'm gonna put my time and effort into." And I didn't for the first time ever. I think I was like 23, you know, about to turn 24, and uh, I didn't care what anybody said. It was like you know, you ask 100 people if you come up with an idea, and you ask 100 people, 99% of them are gonna shut you down real fast and say that's dumb, you know. And and that's the sad truth of of our world. But I didn't care. Um, I I went out and made. 50 shirts, 200 bucks, you know, that was uh, my initial investment. And that was the beginning to what it, what it is now. And Kurt and I teamed up as business partners and it was, it's been a wild ride. It's hard to uh, talk about 17 years with, you know, the success that we've had because Kurt and I have never stopped a day to really celebrate anything. So, you know, in terms of like the initial sales of the product, Ryan, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you place, you got a couple of shirts here. Like, was it just friends and family? Like, Hey, we want to support you. We're going to go buy this too. And you know, like, what was the appeal of the product then? Like, how did, how did you sell it? So, and what, what really sold it? The weirdest thing is, is from day one, um, I always had like a wild style and just, it wasn't just friends and family. It was like people here. And we, we grew up in a small town. If you were to see where we're from, people would be like, how, how did they do what they did? Um, it's a really small town, great community. Um, growing up, it was, a, it was a great place to grow up with, you know, family and sports and everything. But uh, there wasn't much there. And it was weird when I brought, word got out that I was just doing that, you know? And there was, of course, the, the mass majority of people hating on it and not wanting any part of it. But then there was the people that were like, hey, do you have the shirts? And, and I, I sold, I think, the 50 shirts in like two days. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. You know, I doubled my money. I think I paid $4 a shirt and I sold them for eight, right? So, and okay. then Kurt and I team up and I go in and I invest the initial money back. And next thing you know, I'm making more shirts. And, and it just started this snowball into this craziness of from day one, we had a cool thing going, you know, and, and I would throw my art on the shirts and, uh, it happened fast. Um, I'd say within a year, within a year, I mean, six months, my brother and I, we had invested 
any of our money into an RV. We were touring locally to any event that would accept us. Uh, most people were like, what is this? But we didn't care. You know, we would set up and sell as long as they'd allow us to. And then we would just regroup and, and go back at it. And it just became this thing to where we realized how fast it was growing. And we said, we got to leave our area. We got to really, really go somewhere. So let's say 2007 technically was the start date, even though there was a little bit time before. By 2008, we were hitting the road in an RV to California saying, we're going to Los Angeles. And I remember our, our dad was like, you guys can't go to California. You don't know anybody. And we're like, see you later, dad. Thanks. You know, thanks for everything <laughs> you, you did for us. And we're out. And it was the best move we ever made, you know, and yeah, it, it really took off fast, but it also, you know, you're, you're broke. You're trying to make it. You have everything invested into your company and now you have to make your own money. So like I said, our side little side things we did were really important to us, whether it was buying and selling cars and, and any, any way we could make money, we, we would, you know? Mm -hmm. So see, when did like underwear become such a, a strong category for you guys? Like, was it just, you tried the product and people liked it and you kind of well, created it and people were buying it? Yeah, we were adding stuff, accessories. And I remember, you know, we're like, hey, you know, we we should do a brief. And I created some crazy design and, and then we sent out for it. And the money we were paying per brief was ridiculous, you know. And we get it in, we make like a dollar off the brief. It was horrible at first, but they would sell out. And we were like, wow. And the true, like, you know, it's hard because Kurt and I need to sit next to each other and like spin these stories off of each other because it's, it, like I said, this was forever ago now. So it's like hard to get the actual, like when it was, but I, I'll never forget. Um, we were getting bigger and we started to leave the action sports industry to move towards professional football and uh, basketball and that. And we were getting athletes and they were like, we can't wear your clothing. Uh, we're, we're endorsed by Nike and Adidas and all these. And we were like, and I'll never forget, my brother was like, well, do you have an underwear sponsor? And they're like, Michael Jordan was like the only one with underwear, Haynes, you know? And uh, we're like, boom, okay, well, we'll be your underwear sponsor. <laughs> and like Kurt and I had this conversation and, you know, there's a lot of details that could be filled in, but obviously that's, that would be a different time and a place. But yeah, we flipped the switch overnight and became PSD underwear. And I'll never forget the backlash in the beginning of people being like, what is this, this brand that was clothing and, you know, is now underwear? Like, how is that going to work? Because the category wasn't anything yet. Um and yeah, there was other brands, but we were just, we were like, let's do this. And as soon as we did that, we started really um, growing fast with getting the right people involved. Um, the athletes, like I said, the ones that were willing to work with us. Uh, and, you know, luckily one of our first athletes was Stevie Johnson of the Buffalo Bills. And man, Stevie is like a brother to me um, and will forever be slated in the PSD story. Because uh, he took a chance on us, you know, he he enjoyed the product and he really like cared. And that was something new for us because most people just want free stuff and they just want to be like, yeah, whatever. And they don't care. But Stevie truly cared and like kind of set the bar for us. And we were like, next thing you know, we're in professional locker rooms and cafeterias with the teams. And we're just, this is, this is crazy. You know, we're not part of this world, but now we are. And uh, we just started rolling, man, rolling with it all over the country and, and meeting new people and and uh just nonstop, just add it no matter what hit us in the face we just kept going and and uh you know in business there's highs and lows and for some reason my brother and i never never were phased uh like most people would be phased when something goes wrong you know we always found a way to just power through 
And, and we were on the road for many, many years in that RV until we set up shop in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. You talked about like getting the first athlete. I mean, you guys didn't come from much, Ryan. How did you go mm -hmm. about doing that? Like to cultivate a relationship like that? Was it like an event you, or like, how did that kind of happen? So for Stevie, it was funny. It was like when Twitter was nothing yet. And I remember I saw a picture of Stevie and he posted, and he has, you know, his shirt off, he had tats and he had like his waistband shown on brief and he had shorts on and I sent it to my brother. We lived in a duplex. He lived upstairs with his friends. I lived downstairs with mine where it was like the ultimate bachelor pet. And uh, <laughs> I sent him the picture and I said, we need to get this picture with Stevie. You know, he was local bills, Buffalo, you know, we lived close to Buffalo and Bill's fans. And I said, if we can get this with, with our underwear on, this would be huge. And uh, my brother scrolled through Twitter, find, trying to find his agent and came across his agent and reached out and said, Hey, would he be down? And like I said, luckily Stevie was in, man, and we fit his style. Stevie was way ahead of his game uh, with, with fashion long before fashion was even what it is today. But Stevie was always stylish and always like breaking through. And uh, he saw something in us. And he, next thing you know, we had that photo with him rocking it. And it was, like I said, it was like a switch went off and, and we, we, were, we were rocking and rolling, you know, in, in a new, new world. So, so what was it like? Like right after that, like, was it just like a huge surge of interest for your products and then other athletes wanted to come on? Like, and how did you kind of keep up with what was next? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it was like, we still were building product, trying to get like mm -hmm. things right. You know, there's many mistakes you make in business. You have to learn. There's a, there's no, you know, black book to anything that you can just go, oh, you just do this. Like everybody's story is different. Um, for us, it was like, we were always on it. I mean, we never had days off. Like we were just, it was nonstop. What's today? What's today? What's today? Um, so, you know, with Stevie, we hit the road and we would always, you know, go back with that, but we were just growing and trying to get other people. And, you know, later down the road, we're at another event, um, in Gainesville. And that's when Mike Miller came into play. Um, you know, Mike, the NBA champ, you know, and, and we hit it right with him and he, Mike's, Mike's great. Mike became part of our company. Um, he liked what we did and it was the perfect timing. He was down in Miami, man, about to win championships with LeBron. And it was like, we all of a sudden got thrown into that mix and really started to, uh, to learn, you know, the business world and the networking and, and people started to like our product. And if, if an athlete didn't fit us, they might lead us to somebody that does. And, and eventually, yeah, it just, it was like, we started working with the right people and, and really growing it no matter what. And, and didn't, we didn't really listen to the noise. You know, a lot of people will try to drag you down. And for some reason, my brother and I would just, you know, Kurt and I would just power through. And uh, yeah, Mike, Mike was the next one that really put us on the map. Um, it's just nonstop, you know, like, like I said, in business, it was like, we, we didn't have any days off. <laughs> Was there, was there ever kind of like a point, Ryan, where, you know, like you were kind of, you were thinking to yourself, like, why would people care about designs on briefs? You know, cause it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily as shown as other fashion, you know, items like a shirt, you know, et cetera. Were, were, was there ever kind of like a point where you're like, well, why, why put an entire design on this? But it seems like that's what's also led to the success. Yeah. For us, it was weird because we are a hidden product. You know, it's like, how do you show? And we didn't want to have guys in their underwear. You know what I mean? Like promoting like guys just full out naked with underwear, like practically, you know, it was a, it was a weird thing. But so we designed, we just decided to, yeah, we put out wild styles, but at the same time, when we marketed ourselves, 
it was just the band showing, you know, we would show the band and it was like, we would do a cool photo that, that would draw in attention, but it wasn't, it wasn't crossing that line of like the Kelvin Klein. And we weren't trying to chase that. We were trying to just create our own lane with it. And I think um, over time, we just got better and better with that. And the, and the, even our athletes felt more comfortable, you know, like, do I have to take my pants off, you know, type stuff. It's like, no, man, <laughs> we're just a cool family brand that like, we, you know, like when I say family, it's like, it became this huge uh, following. And we always said that everybody's our family. And, and if you're down with us, we're down with you, you know, and it just slowly evolved into better photo shoots and, and more and more people liking the stuff. And then as we were building our product, you know, better and better and better into a premium brief. Um, yeah, just more people, more interest. And, and like I said, we were traveling, we were, we were meeting people all over the country. Didn't matter where we were going, as long as we could set up and, uh, and sell. So, you know, part, part of what I think what was interesting was like the price points of where you were at, like you were in a more premium segment with this kind of streetwear approach that I think was, didn't really exist so much. It didn't really mm -hmm. exist at all when you were creating that, like, were you, were you at all like kind of concerned about price point, about pricing it the way you, you were, um, and like, how did you determine the right pricing? Well, that's Kurt's, that's Kurt's angle. My brother, he's the business side of things. Uh, for me, I stayed with the creative side and I, I Thankfully, I don't, I don't really worry about that side of it, but I remember being like, we got to be at the $20 bill, um, you know, per brief. That was, that was crazy at the time back in like, like, let's say 2009, 10 I was like, wow, I'm paying $20. For <laughs> but, um, but we made it work and, uh, we, we never struggled to sell it. It, it was, it was one of those things cause we would vend, you know, and, and people just spent money, um, and, and yeah, we just kept it going. But as far as like price points, that's where when we set up shop in, in LA in our first office, we started hiring the right people that knew the industry and knew stuff like that. And, um, you know, my brother and I, you know, would take, I didn't even have a salary for a long, long time in business. I said, I'll make my own money on the side with, with art and whatever I need to do um, in order to, to just have my personal life pay the bills. And the, the business took all the money, you know, and just to grow it. So we hired employees and we started learning more and more. And like I said, that, that business side is like my brother's, that's what he's into. He, he really truly is one of the best businessmen on the planet. Um, I stand by that. Uh, there's no way that, that we would be where we are if, uh, if Kurt wasn't the way he was, you know, I bring certain things to the table, but he, uh, you know, he's the leader of the brand and, and we just uh, we just did our thing and, and learning from people that have been in the industry, not in the underwear, you know, category, but just all, a lot of our employees came from great brands um, and they took a chance on us. And we we had some that didn't work out and it was like on to the next, you know, hire and fire or, or they'd leave not believing in it. And we just kept it moving, you know, and. And luckily, you know, now we've had employees that have been with us over 10 years and it's amazing. I mean, our, our employee base now is the dream team. I love them all. Um, and they, you know, and even the ones of the past, man, just to, just to believe in it for a little bit, whether they're with us or not, you know, anymore, it was just like, it, it took that, but they, I think they could see the passion and the drive that Kurt and I had. And, uh, there was no going back. You know, I think the reason that Kurt and I have the success that we have is because we are like, what are we going to do if we don't do this? Like, there's no way um, we, we can clock into a, a regular job ever again. Uh, if you've ever seen lions and tigers in a cage, they pace. And, uh, I think that describes my brother and I, because if you see us when we're, we're doing stuff, it's very hard for us to sit still.
uh, we pace on the phone. We, we, in our office, we're always moving. Um, it's just, that's just how we were wired. Uh, it's, it's a crazy thing, but that helped us in the long run, uh, just being like on it, never, never afraid to work and, and tire yourself out and wear yourself out. So you have this attitude, this like whatever attitude, which is behind your art in all different places. I think it's like, it's like kind of your own philosophy that you've developed and just the way that you create. And it's a very free flowing way. You kind of take different types of materials and things that maybe wouldn't be as expected. Um, you know, is this something you just kind of developed over the years and has resulted in the best, the best art and like why have this approach? Well, I think people get caught up in trying to do things for everybody else. Um, and if you're doing things for everybody else, you're not doing it for yourself. Uh, with my art, uh, I remember just one day I was like, you know what? I need to get my, who I am out and, uh, you know, not saying separate from PSD, but in my own lane where I can actually paint the stuff that I want to paint um, without worries of anybody else. So I started the flights, whatever thing. Um, and that is, I paint whatever I want because I want to do it. I never really worried about the sales. I knew my value would grow over time, but I had uh, complete confidence in my work as an artist. I, like I said, I've been doing it my whole life. Um, I truly feel confident in my art skills. I can turn it on and turn it off anytime I want. If I want to do crazy details, I can. If I want to do no detail, I can. And um, that was the philosophy behind that. And and truly, I'll never forget when I painted my first cardboard piece, the, the first 10 people that saw it was like, wow, I love that. But why would you paint it on cardboard? And I was like, well, that's why I'm going to continue to paint on cardboard right there. You know, <laughs> it's different. And uh, yeah, I just ran with it and with, with no worries, not not caring. I just, it was almost like investing in myself in other ways. Um, and it's, it's come a long ways. Uh, the value I've built with my art, without marketing it, without really pushing it, promoting it. I have a list of clients and collectors that reach out to me and say, what do you have? Um, you know, currently I am scheduled to have a show in Wynwood in Miami, uh, January 6th, if everything goes like I, I believe it will. And I have originals that I put away in 2015 that I'm pulling out and they'll be going up for sale. And I mean, I'm talking, I probably have a, over a hundred originals that nobody even knows even still are around. And I'm just going to have a massive show. But yeah, the, the whatever thing, uh, I just developed that I paint whatever I want, how I want it. You know, people reach out and want commission paintings for me. And I say, that's cute. You know, cool. I'll do it, but it's going to be done my way. Or I, if I don't feel the, feel it, I don't do it. Um, I'll be an artist as long as I want to be, uh, there could come a day where I don't enjoy it anymore and, and I'll flip the switch off and, and that's that. And I'll be perfectly fine with it. Yeah, you, you've kind of done a lot of different things, Ryan, throughout even just the last like 10, 15 years. Like where do you, where do you see the next like five to 10 years playing out? I mean, you want to, you're still director of art, you know, PSD, doing your own thing with art. You have the children's book. Like what do you hope to accomplish now? Well, with PSD now, like I said, we have an amazing employee base. We have an art team now that follows the trends and figures things out. If I want to put, uh, you know, ideas out there, I hit up people and send them through the table. It's fine. As far as me personally, I don't know. Um, I like to continue with my art. I'm going to, you know, I recently um, am residing in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I go back to LA as often as I need to. And here I haven't even hit the scene yet. And I'm excited to have a pop-up gallery and do that stuff. That's, that's for the future. And, and I honestly might chase that and, and, and own my own gallery and allow either other artists to come in. And um, I try to help a lot of artists that, that don't understand certain things about, you know, everybody wants to be able to sell their pieces for a lot of money. And, and that's not the reality all the time. 
but a lot of artists sell themselves short, you know, and, and it's the starving artist thing. When you need the money, you, you spend a lot of time doing something. And if you need money, you're, you're desperate to sell it and you just let things go. But, it, you know, for me, even my struggles, I wouldn't, I remember my brother, you know, Kurt, I always say my brother, but Kurt, uh, being like, you need to sell stuff. Like, why are you stockpiling your art? And I'm like, because the value is there and I'm not yard selling my stuff. I know who I am. I know my talent and, and I've, put in the work, you know, I, I master my craft any way I can. So five to 10 years from now, I don't know, you know, I'm starting to do a lot more things. Uh, I like to, uh, I like to paint certain things. I like to sketch things that, like I said, the children's book was a thing. Now I'm going to try to set up things for kids and, and teach them, you know, how to have fun with art and, you know, not everything is, has got to be on a canvas and everything clean. You know, you can have fun with, you can turn art out of anything really. Um, and for me, it's, it's more of like, maybe help people with my, like, from what I've learned, give back and kind of, you know, push people to lift them up and, and say, Hey, chase it. I always tell people like, make sure you're passionate about what you're going to go for. And, and don't worry about what the world is going to, you know, say about it. Just, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta try it. And, uh, you never know. I mean, did I think that my brother and I would be where we are? I, I truly did. Yeah. Um, we were going to be successful no matter what, with or without PSD. We just had that in us, uh, from, a, like I said, from a young age, our parents taught us how to work and, and chase, chase things. My mom was a dreamer and, and we, we dream big. So it's, it's always evolving. Um, I will always be adding more to my plate, even though sometimes I shouldn't, I just, it's like, like I said, I create the children's book. As soon as I had that in my hand, I was onto the next thing. And it's like, huh, man, you know, I should take a minute and let that, that sink in and, and really have life. But it, that's just not how I work. It's, it's always something else. Um, well, look, Ryan, I mean, that's all the questions that, that I, you know, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, the story you have is incredible from coming from not much of anything it's just, and just that belief and that mindset and um, to really build something that is a category leader is, you know, it, it's so disruptive in terms of the artwork there. It's, it's so unique. And it's probably the most forward facing from an art our perspective brand there is, you know, in this, in this fashion space. Um, and then now to be able to do your own thing and have that attitude and the confidence to um, create art that's, that's really authentic to you. You know, it's something that artists, I think, strive for, um, like you mentioned. And um, so I think people should check out your, you know, your event on January, uh, January 6th, I think you mentioned in, uh, in Wynwood. Um, and I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could finally make it work.